This is Afterbirth, the fourth and more postpartum support group brought to you by Preggers Can Be Choosers. In this podcast, we offer peer-to-peer support, not paid psychotherapy. We try to offer support and personal experiences over solutions. If you find yourself in need of more support, the Postpartum Support International, or PSI, warm line is 1-800-944-4773. You can also send a text message to 503-894-9453. English and Spanish options are available. If you'd like to join our conversation live, we meet every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Central Time. Need a reminder? You can sign up for text alerts at www.preggers.rock. Lastly, if you find this podcast helpful, please consider sponsoring this group for 99 cents a month. And don't forget to share this podcast with friends and family who may find it helpful too. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, hello. This is Rowan, two sisters with Preggers Can Be Choosers. And this is our afterbirth fourth and more trimester support group. We're here today. It is November. No, it's December 1st. How is this even happening? December 1st, my loves. And uh, we're going to see what's going on, see how we did through the holidays. We had our first uh, COVID Thanksgiving. So let's see how that went. And we can check in with Sam on her pregnancy. And we can check in with Rita and her postpartum. And Tiff's here to clap and cheer and also tell us what's going on with the water situation at her house. And um, I'm recording today from Marfa, so that's great. And one thing I wanted to say just real quick about a check-in is that I've been blocking in times where I'm off call and because uh, I'm a licensed midwife in Houston. And I noticed that every time I go off call for a certain amount of time, I lose weight. And so that tells me that I have so much cortisol in my system, like inflammation wise, so that I absolutely must go off call and give myself big breaks. And so for those of you who are listening, who are in a high stress situation, what can you do to go um, to take your, give yourselves a break and let the cortisol decrease out of your body? So that's my check in. So who would like to go next? I'll start. Hey, I'm Tiffany, uh, mom of two. We live in Baltimore. Um, Some of you may have been following the water saga of our house. Um, The last time I talked to you guys, I think the plumber was coming that day. He came, he saw, he conquered. They brought a backhoe into our yard and had to dig up right next to our house, all the way to the sidewalk. It ripped out the ties that were uh, holding in our tiered garden bed. So now we basically just have like a muddy landslide in the front of our house. And we're, you know, so we had to pay out of pocket to get reconnected to city water. And now we have to pay out of pocket to, uh, you know, get our garden bed like re-dammed or whatever it is. Um, So that's exciting. Um, But we have water now and I've never appreciated water so much in my life. Um, (laughs) Thanksgiving was good. We did travel, I guess. We drove an hour up to stay with the in-laws for two nights and then um, we had dessert with my sister and then we came home. So, you know, we 
did leave the state and we saw other people. Um, but these are also people that we've been seeing all summer, you know, with quarantining before seeing them and things like that. So we felt comfortable with it. Um, but it was definitely like way more low key and uh, reducing cortisol. I, I would say getting off of social media and like moving my body has definitely helped and like noticing that it just makes me like more aware of my time on my phone or the time that I spend doing other things whatever just um make me more more aware hey y'all we're gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna get right back to it Getting back to our real talk after birth style. I guess I can go next. I am Sam. Um, as always, I'm a hot mess. I um, live in Arlington, Texas, and it's been cold here. I don't know how the weather is out in Marfa, but it's been like in the 30s here, the cold. Um, so I am just now, I'm only wearing a robe that I just took out of my dryer because it was warm and toasty. And then I was like, oh, I should probably have actual clothes on. So <laughs> Eventually, I'll probably put clothes on. Our Thanksgiving was um, the same as it has been for the last seven or eight years since we've moved to Texas. Um, it's just been our house. We don't have um, people over. We invite people over every year, except this year. But, you know, people have their own things going on, and that's fine. So it's always just me and Tim and the kids. Um, and that's fine. Um, it took me a long time to be okay with that because I come from a really big family and we've always made a really big deal out of Thanksgiving. Um, so like I have seven brothers and sisters plus um, my grandparents would come over and my mom and my stepdad. Hi. This is Fern. Fern, you can't be on video if you're naked. So thank you. Um, <laughs> that's like two rules. You can't go in the front yard and you can't be on video if you're naked. Um, other than that, it's we're a naked family. Um, so that's Thanksgiving. We I have been really tired lately. I'm 32 weeks now 32 and a half, I'll be 33 on Friday. And um, I, I'm just so tired all the time, so tired. And I always have this big idea in my head about Thanksgiving. And I, like, I make all these big plans of all these things that I wanna make because I love cooking. I love sharing food with the people that I love. And um, I, I maybe made, a third of the things that I had planned 
So I did a lot of laying down. And so we just had a whole weekend of it. We just had a four day feast of spreading everything out and we're still working on leftovers. And it was a really good Thanksgiving for us. Our neighborhood apparently goes all out for um, Christmas. So like there's wild over the top lights and they compete and there's a competition and there's like a, a $50 gift card to Home Depot or something. And like, so you can see around corners, lights glowing up in the night sky and there's like music, it's crazy. So that starts on, on Thanksgiving, I guess, technically. So we walked around the neighborhood to work the turkey off and we were looking at all of the super bright, crazy, like disco lights. And, and that was our Thanksgiving. Um, I'll stop talking now. I'm gonna get dressed so someone else can talk. I just want to say that's the beauty of this group is that you don't have to wear clothes, you know, like whatever. Rita's in a robe, you're in a robe, who cares? Rita, can you go next? Oh, yes, my name is Sarita. I'm a mother of three now. Um, right here, I'm nursing baby Autumn. She made six weeks on Friday. And she's already cooling. She's smiling. Um, she's, she's just moving around a lot. So she's moving on. Um, my Thanksgiving was pretty good. Um, it was just me, my sister, my uncle, and my grandmother. So it was real small. Um, oh, of course, my kids. My daughter was with her dad. But, you know, it's pretty small Thanksgiving. Like, I like it. <laughs> um, I got tubal papers because I don't want no more kids. I got them signed already, but I have to find another OB because the OB I was going to is, I guess he's pissed off that I didn't deliver with him. And I was like, well, it's not like I had a whole nother OB. I just had a midwife because I wanted to do the natural birth. They're like, well, once you leave, you can't come back and all of that bull crap. And I was just like, okay, well, I guess. I don't know why they're so anti-natural it's annoying but i guess that's what we got to deal with what did you want to say about that sam is it obvious that i have feelings about that <laughs> oh my goodness money it's all about the money they don't care about you they don't care about you they don't care about your baby they just care about that paycheck when you said that he said that you couldn't come back, what? I was not expecting that. That is not how you take care of people. That is not, all right, I, I don't have anything nice to say. Uh, yeah, it completely shocked me because I'm, I'm all like happy. I'm like, okay, let me call my old doctor and let me tell him I'm ready to get my tubes tied because you know that's who been taking care of me 
Um, he delivered my first baby. He didn't deliver my second one because he was out of town, but he was my OB for my second baby. He was my OB for when I was pregnant with her in the beginning. But I was like, well, do you do water births? Do you do natural births? He's like, no, he don't do any of that. So I was like, well, you know, that's what I want this go around. Since you can't provide it for me, then I'm going to go another route. And I guess he's pissed about that. And I don't understand why. Like, you could have if you wanted to, but you didn't want to do that. Oh, I had to do what's best for me. But it completely shocked me because when I called, they're like, oh, I'm sorry, you're no longer a patient here. I can never be a patient here again. I was just like, wait, what? Why? They're like, well, once you, once you um, get other care through another, um, another doctor, I said, well, it was a midwife. It's not the same. And like, we, you know, it doesn't matter. Once you stop receiving care through us, we don't, we no longer can accept you as a patient ever. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, somebody else will get this this little check or whatever. That's fine. It don't have to be you. Anybody can talk to, you know, but it just, it just shocked me. I've never heard of that before. Let's just think this through for a second. If you had moved and said, oh, you know, I moved to Dallas for three months and got another OB, like no part of me thinks that they would have taken they would have not taken you back it's yeah so they're they're he basically they, they basically told me that um if it was another state or another city it's different but the fact that I was out here and I had different care but they didn't receive me back again I'm like <laughs> okay I guess this is what it sounds like to me well, you went and played with somebody else on the playground, so I don't want to play with you anymore. What the hell is wrong with people? Like, they're, like, taking it personally that you decided to, you know, have your baby the way you wanted to or ha take care of your body how you wanted to. And now the doctor's like, oh, I'm offended. You can't come back here ever again for all eternity. What does matter with people? Like I can see if I like just completely missed appointments all the time and kept canceling and all of that. No, I just literally switched from an OB to a midwife. Like you know, that's fine. Who cares? I I just want one procedure done. Like and y'all won't ever have to see my face again. I just want that one procedure. I want to say in the scar department one time um, I knew somebody who'd gone and she'd had her she'd had a tool done and uh, her provider was super pissed the MD the OB was mad because she'd been with a, a midwife and so and he was so punitive with the work that um, like you know energetically when I was working on the scars and trying to talk to her about it I just started crying because it was so malicious how they had 
deliberately scarred and hurt her body, you know, as a revenge move. Um, <clears throat> and it was horrible. So I'm really grateful that they played their hand and showed their cards and that you're not with the provider, you know, doing that to you. Um, you know, like, I'm glad that they said no. Like, it's shitty, but like, you know, let, let's know where. They better be glad they say no. They better be glad because if I would have had any kind of anything from that procedure as a revenge thing, it would have been me and a doctor. So they're glad that they said no. They better be happy. I, this is something that like really bothers me. I, I feel like there's a, and it's mostly from like the OB's perspective, there's like this rivalry between OB's and midwives. Like they, they have to battle and there's gotta be a clash when I don't see them as the same thing. That's like saying, um, I don't know, they're just two different things. And I feel like they should be able to work together in a perfect world. You know, you understand in, in my mind, uh, my understanding is that midwives are there for normal, natural, physiological birth experiences, which is the majority of birth. However, even though they are highly trained and skilled and they have, um, tools and knowledge to handle a lot of situations, there are things that are beyond their scope and require a surgeon. And that's what an OB is, a surgeon. And so they should not, they're not even on the same level. Like they, they both work with birthing people, but on two different levels. So they shouldn't be, it's, there's not a competition it should be, OBs just don't understand, I think, that, um, they're, that they're not, midwives aren't out there to like take their money or whatever. They're there to work with birthing people to have the best experience and then are very willing in my experience to delegate to a, um, an OB in a situation where medical emergency requires surgery or so I don't I want I want OBs to understand that and I feel like in my experience all of the OBs that I have had experience with they don't see it that way they see it as it's us or them and if you choose them then you're choosing the enemy. So you're a bad guy too. So you're not allowed in our camp. You're not allowed to play with us on the playground. As Tiffany was saying, like, I, I it really bothers me. That's a big pet peeve I have. And there's a, not a lot of cultural competency in the medical community about what midwives are. Like I had a friend who, Houston floods really badly. And during a flood, she had to transport a birth from a birth center and uh, for a hemorrhage. And so she got in, they called in report, they got to the ER, like the lights are flickering. It's one of those situations. And she's like, we need help. We're having a hemorrhage. And uh, they flipped the sheet back and they're like, oh yeah, you know. And, and so the father who had accompanied the mother who was hemorrhaging said, 
to my friend, the midwife was Mary Alice. Like you've said the same thing 15 times, the same report. Hi, I'm a licensed, you know, midwife from this birth center. This is what we have. Primate, mama, 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 mama. And he goes, you've said the same thing over and over again. And then, oh, and they were trying to do funnel massage before the placenta had delivered, which is not a good idea. And then an OB comes down from, you know, the floor or whatever. And it's like, so I heard you're a doula. And she's like, I'm a licensed midwife. No, 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 no. You know, so if I had that same lack of cultural competency toward the medical system, I, you know, people think I was a big idiot. And one of the best piece of advice to any midwife who might be listening to this is if you need, you know, for your backup MD or somebody to consult with, get somebody who no longer, you know, delivers. Cause those folks are great. The MFMs or whatever, they'll like help you screen and do whatever, but they're not mad if somebody comes back to you to deliver. You know, they really have a good eye to help you ascertain. Cause as a midwife, like I don't wanna be in over my head. I'm like low risk city. Like you got a hangnail, then we got to really talk about whether you're risking out of care here. You know, like I'm just super, super, super duper low risk. That's all I ever want to do is low risk and just natural physiologic. And as a midwife also, I'm not here to convince people that having an out of hospital birth is the right thing for them. You want an out of hospital birth? Great, I'll help you. You want a baby in the driveway? I'll go blow up the birth pool. As you know, Sam, you want a baby, you know, like that's what we'll do. If you want to have a surgical birth, like I'll refer you to the best person I know because I'm not invested in how you have your baby. I want you to have your baby and grow your family exactly however you want it. But that doesn't seem to be, a lot of midwives don't share that attitude that I have, by the way. And, um, you know, a lot of doctors for sure don't, so. Anyway, I just wanted to throw that out that some midwives can't be really territorial. Like, why would you go to a doctor? But I don't feel that way. Like, whatever you want, I want. And also on the same thing with the termination, you want to terminate this pregnancy, then let me help you figure out the best, you know, provider for that. It's not me, but let me help you find the best provider. You want to keep this pregnancy? I'm here to help you. Like, whatever, whatever you want, the pregnant person wants, that's what I'm here for. And it'd be nice if that was, you know, the prevalent attitude, but it sure isn't. So that's my soapbox of the day there. Hey, Caitlin, just to recap, um, Sarita went in to get a, um, to try and schedule a tubal and her doctor won't see her anymore because he mad. And what? <laughs> I'm really, really mad. Like, it, it's crazy because I did not see it coming at all. I wouldn't have called. Have That's known. bullshit. Right? F that dude. F that like, dude. Okay, stop touching the light leave it alone it's hurting my eyes um i wouldn't have called them i wouldn't have called if i would have known hey once you leave i didn't see that nowhere in the paperwork that once you stop going because of whatever personal reasons that you can no longer return i did not see that in the paperwork at all so had i known that i wouldn't have called them i wouldn't have gotten myself pissed off like that Cassidy, stop that. So Caitlin, tell us how your Thanksgiving was and then does anybody want to check in on, has anybody else had a tubal? Has anybody else used that form of birth control? Clearly not you, Sam. But, you know, is anybody else, what are we thinking about birth control these days? My Thanksgiving was great. It was wonderful. Um, and we, I'm not doing a tubal. My husband 
um, got sniffed instead, but I support doing that if that's the right thing for you. Um, my husband didn't want me to deal with the hormones because I react terribly to anything that would change my hormones. Um, but ask that doctor for not wanting to do it, like have the babies you want to have and be done. You know, um, that's crap, Sarita. I'm really sorry. That that's crap. But I know we'll find. I know this group can find a doctor that will do a tubal. So, um, yeah, decide how big you want your family and call it a day. That's it. Uh, we have been using condoms for birth control basically since since before Lily. I haven't been on birth control since I lost my or I, I left my job that had benefits back in 2011. But like we're both over it. So I'm looking into different doctors, gynos, whatever, so that I can get back on birth control. And now it's come to like the decision of like, okay, what type? Because I don't really want to have another baby within the next like three years or so, but I'm also really not sure if I'm completely done. So that's where I'm at. I, yes, obviously have not had my tooth tied. Um, Tim is, was supposed to get his vasectomy, um, but then COVID happened and here we are having a baby and he's been calling around and making appointments to go um, again, to get back into the doctor. And Texas has a weird rule that they could have gotten him in to do the test like tomorrow I think it was it was like really fast um like I think just three weeks after he called they were like we can do the test or do the procedure on this day and he's like wait wait I have questions and they're like oh so you want a consultation first if that's the case then you have to wait it was like 21 days or something like that after you have your consultation before you can have the actual surgery. And so he's got those things scheduled, but he's worried about COVID. And um, even if they don't cancel them, because like if the doctor doesn't cancel it, he is worried about going and exposing himself. Um, so my plan of birth control is abstinence. Um, I'm not, <laughs> Sam, Sam, I know <laughs> that is not going to work. And for those no. of you who know, Sam has probably one of the sexiest husbands I've ever met in my life, even oh. like my scene. Okay. He's just this big, sexy dude. And he is so loving. Okay. Like talk about like somebody who leads with his heart chakra and I'm not even in love with this man. And that would be difficult for me. So I'm just saying, <laughs> Sam, that I'm not going for this. You got to have a better <laughs> abstinence. I want a better plan. And I have considered actually um, 
going for a tubal myself because of that. I don't react well to hormonal things either. No form of birth control has ever been um, a good match for my body. I end up with like cysts and crazy mood swings and like just terrible things happen when I take hormonal birth control. So I don't know what to do. I hate condoms. Um, so I don't, I don't really know what to do. I just hope everything works out that he can get his vasectomy and then we don't have to worry about it anymore. Uh. So for my husband's vasectomy, like even and this was pre COVID, but like we walked in, we were like the only ones cause I got to be there. Um, make sure it happens. Right. Um, and we walked in, we were like the only ones in the waiting room. They checked us in and then it was just me, the doctor and my husband in the room. And then we left. Like there was like, this was even pre COVID where like we were basically already social distanced other than, and the doctor obviously was wearing a mask when he did the procedure. Um, so it was like, it's so simple and easy that I don't see it being a huge risk um, during COVID because again, if they're paying attention and being conscious in that office, you guys will probably maybe see two people. Um, the, the receptionist check in and the, the doctor to do the procedure. Um, the other thing is that you still need to do whatever birth control you're doing for, I think it's a month after, um, because that's when they have to do the, the test of when they check the, the sperm counts and everything, but um, yeah. Thank you, thank you for that. I will pass that information along. Maybe that will help to like calm his nerves a little bit. As far as whatever birth control um, we'll be using, again, abstinence, because the schedule is um, that he is supposed to go, I think the 21st of December, for his um, procedure. So, and then I'm expecting to give birth the following week. So I'll be recovering postpartum and we don't usually do any kind of anything for months afterwards. So I think we're in the clear there um, as far as like getting his little swimmers tested and stuff. Thank you for your info about the doctor. And then for Tiff, um, before I had Atlet or before I had either child, I loved my IUD. I had an IUD and I loved it. I had it for like four years before we took it out. And I loved every single bit of it. Because I'm terrible at pills. I'm terrible at doing that every day, same time. That's not for me, but I love that. How long? Did you, how long was it after having the IUD out that you got pregnant with Atlas? Did you have it then? No, it was before Skylar. So oh, okay. I had it like during college and then we chose to take it out in May. And that was before we were even officially trying. I think I got pregnant that December. So we, we started trying in August, got pregnant in December. So, but I had had it in for four years and had no problems. 
and it was the Morena. And I know that there's way better ones than that now because that was like 15 years. Well, not 15, but like it was a decade ago when I had that, so. I know there's a non-hormone birth control pill that a friend of mine who's Brazilian, she orders in Brazil and takes it. And she's given me the source a bunch of times and I had it all saved in Evernote, which didn't update and like ate it. So thanks Evernote, suck it. So, but I'm trying to research what that is again, but it'd be one of those where you have to like order it from another country and take it, but it's non-hormonal. And so I remember I just, I learned about it when I was in school to be a midwife and I just kind of shoved it off the side cause I was learning so many things I was like, can't learn everything at once. But um, I'll see if I can come up with something with that and post it in our Facebook group. And look, How would that work? Like, can you give me like, cause I know the point of like the hormones is to make your body think that you're pregnant. Mm -hmm. But if there's no hormone, like how, what's the basis of it? I don't know. I don't remember. Like my brain has not kept up with that, sorry. But um, I'll research it up. There was a whole like paper published about it and stuff. I'll spend some time looking at that today because it's been on the to-do list, but because it's a problem, right? Because condoms have some type of lube in it that's like actually made better for copiers than for, you know, a dick. So that's irritating and like, you know, physically irritating to the, you know, to somebody's penis. And then um, also condoms can uh, disrupt the vaginal pH and flora, right? So that's an issue. And then like everybody's nodding for those who are listening later, everybody is nodding when I say about the pH disruptor. In fact, on preggers can be choosers on Instagram. We just put a thing out that said, is this person worth disrupting my vaginal pH for? <laughs> so funny. Like somebody who's thinking about getting down with somebody else. And I was like, you know, that's a good thought. You know, is it like it's Sarita was shaking her head? No, no, they're not worth it. So, um, you know, like, so there's, you know, and IUDs are great for a lot of people <clears throat> and some people they migrate and they implant in the, um, in the epithelia or in the uterus. Like I helped a friend pull her IUD out. Oh, and they irritate and there's a lot of bleeding sometimes when you first get used to it. So like I helped a friend pull hers out the other day. She had to come in and I had to put a speculum in and use a hemostat and stuff. And, um, and they're hard to get in. IUDs can be hard to get in for folks who have never had a baby because you got to navigate the cervical os so that's big i guess that wasn't for you caitlin it didn't seem like that big a deal okay so you know there's no good way and then knowing your own cycle that's one of the best ways right but you got to know when you ovulate you know you have to be able to track your cervical fluid you have to know you know do you have a regular cycle and kind of what's going on with that so there's all these different like components to it did i miss one does anybody remember anything else i guess the sponge barrier method what sam Sorry. Um, I did remember something that I wanted to try. Uh, it's called Temp Drop. And it's like this um, sensor that you wear on a band around your arm, like while you're sleeping. And it, um, it works for a postpartum period, women who are breastfeeding. So you're waking up in the middle of the night. And so um, that way you don't have to like test your temperature first thing in the morning because it does it for you. 
and it's super sensitive. And then you can keep track of it on your phone and it tells you like your cycle when you're ovulating, even if you're breastfeeding and you can't um, tell when you're ovulating, I've gotten pregnant that way. Um, it, it keeps track of it. So I was looking into that um, as an option. It's, it's maybe not necessarily considered a birth control option, but it kind of is. It's like the natural family planning umbrella. That's something that technology is new since the last time I've used any kind of birth control. Rita, are you worried about getting pregnant before you uh, get your tubal? Because you're no, not hard to track. No, 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 I'm not touching nobody. I'm not seeing nobody. Hold on, guys. I love how you asked that question. And then she's like, I got to deal with this horrible kid situation. Hold on. <laughs> I had a patient come in and uh, she had a baby and I ended up doing some of her postpartum care. I didn't, wasn't there for her delivery, although I loved this patient very much. And um, she <laughs> I was like, well, what are you going to do for birth control? She goes, never again, the men's. <laughs> I was like, okay. She goes, I normally don't go with men and I one time and look what happened and never again the men's. I wrote that on the chart, never again the men's. <laughs> you were a hot mess and we have to hop off at five till because my um I need to get off the Wi-Fi. But do you want to share what's going on with you, um Sam? Any way we can support you? Um, sure, you want to see my belly? <laughs> oh, it is heavy. This is the biggest I've ever been in my entire life. And I don't know if it's like because I gained weight from COVID and then got pregnant. I don't know if it's like all pregnancy weight because I, I didn't own a scale ever, ever in my life. This is the first time I've ever owned a scale in my life was after I found out I was pregnant because I thought I would have to do like weigh-ins for my midwife, but we didn't end up needing to do that anyway. So I bought a scale for no reason, but so I was already pregnant when I weighed myself the first time. And I was like 20 pounds heavier than my previous normal. Um, so I don't know if that was like first trimester stuff or like Corona weight or whatever. Um, but every time I, every day I'm like, how did I, how did I get this big? How can I possibly even get any bigger? And I still have like four weeks to go five weeks, something like that. Um, but the other day I was coming out of the bathroom and I turned to turn the light off. And when I turned back around, I, 
I didn't have like the spatial awareness of how far out my belly is sticking. And I hit it really hard on the door jam where like the, it's called a striker plate where the knob goes in. And now I have a bruise that's like striker plate big right next to my belly button. And that's exactly where the height is for the counter. So that's exciting. So every time I go to like cook something or wash dishes, it like hits up on the bruise and it reminds me that it's there. <clears throat> um, I have started having, I'm related, semi-related, like heart palpitations. No, thank you. Um, where like in the evening at like, it's usually around four, between four and five when I'm cooking dinner, just standing up makes me really, um, please take that in another room. I'd like you to take it to another room. Thank you. Take it to another room. Thank you. Um, makes me dizzy and then my heart starts beating really hard, really fast and I can like feel it and I feel like I'm gonna fall over. So I just have to like lay down. That's one of the reasons why Thanksgiving wasn't as productive as it could have been because I just had to take breaks. And um, my midwife suggested that it might be blood sugar related. Um, hypoglycemia is what she had suggested that I try to work on. Um, because I guess I haven't been eating enough protein in like steady enough intervals throughout the day. Um, so I started really paying attention to, again, instead of being so distracted about planning for Thanksgiving and Christmas and baby and all this stuff, I started focusing more on what I'm putting into my body and how much and how often. And so that made a really big difference. And I, I haven't really had a lot of um, concerns about that since I started eating more proteins again, closer together. I'm basically eating all day, every day. Um, and that helped. Um, we're having our birth team meeting in a couple of weeks, three weeks. We're going to do um, the midwife and the doula and the birth photographer all in our home for the first time ever. And then um, my two best friends who are my birth support people will be on Zoom um, because they live in Houston. So um, I don't know if they're gonna be able to make it to the birth or not, but we, we are including them in the birth team meeting just in case. We're gonna go over what the plans are, like where we're gonna put the pool and what kinds of things I don't want people to say to me or, you know, what kinds of touching I do or don't want and things like that. So I'm kind of excited about that. And then the week after that is Christmas and the week after that is baby. So. Fast. It's coming up fast. It's coming up fast. All right. Well, um, Oh, Sam, one thing I did is I made this um, Preggers uh, porridge blend that I'll share in the group. And that's also, um, I'll put it in the show notes, but 
eventually I'm hoping to get it into a couple of places that uh, they take WIC in Houston, but it's a prebiotic porridge. So it's got some protein, it's got the whole grains and you can jazz it up with fruit. I really, I was thinking today about putting craisins in it that if you do it overnight oatmeal style, the craisins that have the cranberry in it that support the urinary tract health for pregnant folks. So that's an idea and it's easy and it's warm and it's uh, cheap and it's all those things that we like. And it's, uh, the idea is that it's full of things that feed the prebiotics and the probiotics in your digestive tract, which lets you uh, pull more nutrition out of what you do eat. So, and I think that actually is the reason that I'm like dropping the LBs, that and cortisol decreasing is like, like my sister and I, we're both in Marfa right now. And I weighed myself and I was like, Jesus, this is the least I've weighed as an adult, except for the time that I had a divorce and all I ate was M&Ms and Coke and uh, like Coca-Cola and like hooped all day long. And I lost a lot of weight then, <laughs> but it was mostly from the divorce, not from hooping, it was just stress. But um, as an adult, this is the least I've weighed. And I'm like looking at my neck right now. I'm like, oh my God, look at this shit. So that's the thing about being fat is that everything's plump and you look really young, you know, and the more weight I lose, the older I look, I'm just going to have to come to grips with that. It's okay. But anyway, I, I film this because we're eating, they're eating this prebiotic porridge also cuts down on decision fatigue about what am I going to eat all the time, right? What am I going to eat? What am I going to eat? It's so exhausting. So this is what I'm eating every morning. This is what it is. Too bad if you want something else. This is what it is. So anyway, I'll include that recipe because it might be good. It's now's a good time to get into it too. And it's uh, scalable for, you know, a large family, which I know you have. And so there's ways to make it yummy for everybody and add some nuts and other things. So anyway, okay, well, we got to hop off so my sister can use the internet, but um, does anybody have anything else that they need to say? I just got to say Sarita's baby's the cutest thing ever. Um, anything else? Um, I did watch that documentary that Caitlin recommended, The Social Dilemma, and I think that really helped me to realize that like, yeah, I was addicted, but it was designed to get people addicted. And it wasn't like a decision I made or like almost like I couldn't control it. So watching it helped me to take a step back and um, just wanna say thanks for the recommendation. That's why we're here together. All right, unmute ourselves. And next week uh, I'm gonna be traveling. So Caitlin's gonna be the support. She's gonna be running the show. And uh, I'm going to take today's content and put it up as a podcast because I think it's important to hear what happens when you make a decision about provider switching, what being punitive looks like. And Sarita, if you need help finding um, a doctor, you just let me know. You probably have a list that uh, Medicaid provides, but if you don't, then I'm happy to help. Okay, let's unmute ourselves, tell each other we love each other, and away we go. Love you all. Have a good week. Bye, Bye everybody. Love you guys. Ciao. <laughs> Are you wanting to join in the conversation but keep missing us live? Then sign up for text reminders at www.preggers.rocks. That's www.preggers.rocks. And we'll see you Tuesday at 11 a.m. Central Time. Oh, thank you.